Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. A busy show today, a lot of signing day uh, information coming your way. We'll do both Cyclones and the Hawkeyes. Alex Halstead from Cyclone Alert, part of 24-7 Sports. He'll join us at about 10.20, 10.25. The latest on Iowa State, which includes a former four-star, now three-star, in Ashim Young, who arrives with baggage. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, but he is part of this uh, signing day from today. Tom Cakert slides on in here, 12 uh, 10, rather, 40 or so than Cappy in his regular Wednesday spot. For the first time, we will get him live today as he's on vacation and has agreed to join us from Mexico. Yes. I mean, it's really nice of him. I wouldn't have. <laughs> he's on vacation in Mexico. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to have him. There's There is a lot of Cubs news percolating. They are getting a um, a television network. Yes. And it's going to happen in 2020 by all, by all accounts. So uh, we'll talk to Cappy and then Zuba Mahente comes in here. A lot of college basketball conversation. He was on with Seth and with Jay on Monday night on Big Monday. I believe he was off last night, but uh, regardless of that, we'll talk to Zuba Mahente as we go around the world of sports. Before we get into sports, I want to bring up your night from last night where you were up for two very prestigious awards. <laughs> That's kind of you to say. Um, City View, right? Yes, yes. This Is this the annual Best of City View issue? Yes, Best of Des Moines, mm-hmm. and I was up for a couple of awards. The first one, I think people around here know a couple of the participants very well. Well, help me out. Uh, I was up for Sports Commentator of the Year. Okay. Against Keith Murphy and Andy Fails. And you ran third? I'm going to guess. <laughs> yeah, but, no offense to you. No, but to be nominated with those two no, guys, it's great. Good it was really you. cool. Yeah, it was absolutely. really cool. Now, the other one was a little bit more of, I think, a joke. I think my wife put up her friends to this one. Oh, and they kind of they, took like... They voted and stuffed the ballot box. Uh-huh. And what was that one? Voice that turns you on the most. <laughs> now, Alex Mack, who's in the building just up the hall from us here. Yeah, he's on 106.3, right? 107.5. 107.5. Yep. Big and your pardon. He, Alex, uh, beg your pardon. Yes, he... Okay, I've never had a voice that has been exactly known to turn the ladies on. Yeah, well, apparently, maybe or gentlemen, maybe whatever. You sold maybe. yourself short. I guess so. So you were up for that, and you, by the sounds, of things you didn't win. No, T Bone got me. And what does T Bone do? Uh, where T- does T Bone work? T Bone you know? works, I think, for the public radio station. The the one, the oh, what is it called? I can't think of it. Iowa Public Radio. Not that, but the one that, the other one that you can't. They don't accept advertising dollars. It is sponsorship dollars. You know what? Oh, oh it's like 89.3, Something I like think. that. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes so yes, T-Bone yes. got me. Okay. Well, good for T-Bone. Yes. Good for T-Bone. And yeah, normally I hear my voice is like nails on a chalkboard, mm-hmm. very irritating, annoying. Why does that guy shut some. up? Not to some, though. So um, did they feed you? They did. Appetizers. Very nice. Cash bar. Line okay. That's very all right. Long. My sister, Jewel. Shout out to Jewel. Stood in line for 45 minutes to get me a beer. Oh, so. my. So there was like a bar? Yeah. Oof. Big thank you for her for standing in line and, and, and how, get me a cold one. And how many people showed up for the uh, <sighs> ceremonies? It was pa- It was in the Palace Theater inside Adventureland. It was packed. Wow. They were, I got an email. 
everybody that's up for an award gets 10 yeah, tickets. Yeah. They asked, are you using all 10? Because we had a, they had a waiting list of like 200 people mm-hmm. just to get into the building. Mm-hmm. So it was packed in there. A lot mm-hmm. of fun. Got to uh, meet some different people. and had some friends that came out with me. So oh, good. Real, so you enjoyable could bring Tuesday. whoever you wanted. Yep, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, it was. Well, good for you. Maybe next year. Right? Maybe next year. I know that uh, when I work with Bob Dyer, I think there was some ballot stuffing back then. He uh-huh. was voted Des Moines' sexiest media personality. Ed Wilson was up for that award. Last night? Yes. Yeah, I, look at Bob Dyer. I, I credit a whole lot of my career to what Bob Dyer, uh, play the hits, uh, taught me in our time together. And it's a true story. Um, but he was never the most sexiest sportscaster in Des Moines. So I so now I got him, I got you, and I've I also worked with the most likely to be incarcerated for a ten year period. Yes, uh, and that award is yet to be presented, but I believe it's going to be presented here sometime in the next couple of weeks. Well, if anybody would hand out that award, it'd certainly be City View too. That's very true. That's very true. Um, anyways, we digress. And you're right, Alex is he's a program director over on Alt. See, I thought, you're thought right. he was on 106 I'm points. Wrong. You know, you get me every time. Uh, so congratulations to all that were nominated. Uh, and Keith Murphy won another one. He they did. They shouldn't rename trophies for him. Remove him from the contest because he wins every year. Right, yeah. It's a runaway he's every single get, season. He's got to A, be running out of space to display all the stuff he wins. Right. Yeah. And this isn't me saying he doesn't deserve them. He absolutely does. Yes, he does. Uh, but uh, instead of uh, making him a um, you know eligible, they should just rename him. Anyways, we move on and we move on to sports. When what was Trent? Look at I was just absolutely ensconced in college basketball last night. I am digging this basketball season like I haven't in a long time. Not NBA, college. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to the NBA, I'm assuming, at some point. But watching Illinois take it to Michigan State, as I did early, only to turn the channel to the... Mm, are they the best team in the Big 12? They're the first place team. If I had to bet a team that's going to win the Big 12 regular season title, I kind of said that yesterday, that yeah. they're my favorite. This game, is it next Tuesday, next week? When's the 16th? The 16th. Today is the 6th, so that'd be 10 days from now. So maybe it's, so it's next week. Well, whenever the Iowa State-K-State is, it's next week sometime. Does it go K-State, Baylor, or Baylor, K-State? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, Saturday, February 16th for Iowa State, K-State. And what time does that game tip? Do you know? Does it, say, does it have a, an assigned Ken-Pom time? Never, I'm always on Ken Palm. Okay. So you're better with the start times than I am. All right. Well, I'll, I'll find it uh, when, when I have a second here. But um, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. The K-State, Iowa State game is... Because well, look at K-State beat Iowa State, as we remember, mm-hmm. at Hilton. Should they have? Well, they did. They did. Yeah, they found a way to win it. They look. They looked like um, you know that they were the better team early, and then Iowa State wrestled the wrestled the lead away from them. And I thought that they were going to win, um, only for K State to pull it off at the end. K State's really good, Trent. I'm yeah. telling you, this is a good basketball team. Ding dong, the witch is dead. It's and over. It is over for Kansas. They are not the best team in the Big Twelve. In fact, there's two teams right now. Clearly, K-State and Iowa State are better than them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Lawson's a great player. Um, Dotson had his moments last night. Kid from off the bench, Moore had a couple of huge threes early in the basketball game. Lightfoot gave them some good minutes. But K-State's a better overall team, and so is Iowa State. It's a remarkable win. They all have to end it sometime except for the Patriots. It's over for Kansas this year. Now, who's it going to be? Is it the Cyclones? Is it the Wildcats? Uh, It's appointment TV a week from Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's an appointment TV. Kansas gets to 12 and 6. 
They still, with their remaining schedule, get to 12-6. and six. They have four conference losses now. Mm-hmm. They'll lose at Texas Tech. Yep. Probably one other. Yep. The remaining schedule isn't overly daunting. Right. So I don't think 12-6 is going gonna, is gonna to win the conference. So you're saying either K-State or yes. Iowa State gets to 13-5. and five. If I had to take that bet... I would think I think Iowa State's got an easier path. Yes, absolutely. They've still got Baylor. <laughs> they've still got K-State, as we know. Um, they've still got to go back to Austin. Boy, I love the Big 12 round, Robin. It is so spectacular. I... <sighs> I hope that it stays this way. Yeah. I really do. You know, it hurts the championship game in football. But you know what? If that's the only negative of this, what what we get the the months to follow, it's just it's spectacular, Trent. It's set up perfectly. And you look historically now, you look at this run that the conference is on in basketball. Year after year after year, they're the highest ranked league. Mm-hmm. Better than the ACC, better than the Big Ten, whoever else you want to throw up there. Mm-hmm. And a reason for this is, I think this, because everybody's investing. The 10 teams are invested now. Texas Tech has spent money on their program. Baylor has spent money on their program. you. And when there's 10, it's easier for that, that middle. A lot of times in the middle of a 15-team conference like the old Big East was, mm-hmm. you still don't have a chance to be an NCAA tournament team. Mm-hmm. There's a realistic path for 8 out of the 10 to make it in this year out of the conference. And those teams that are the quote-unquote bottom feeders, they still think they're NCAA tournament teams. You know, TCU, Oklahoma, two teams that are struggling, but they turn around and they go on a streak and they, they win four in a row. Well, Oklahoma wins the game the other night. They're yeah. right back in the conversation. I mean, they didn't, as we know. but And you look at the strength of the schedule as a whole, they have done an incredibly good job with uh-huh. this conference. We understand the Kansas, and maybe it's boring at times with the 14 straight, but the conference no, it is boring. Whole, yeah. <laughs> it's boring. But, but it has made this conference the strength of it top to bottom year after year Tense perfect. It's 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 awesome, Trent. It's absolutely terrific. And what a race we are in for down the stretch. And I think it's between the two. I do. I really do. I think it's K State or Iowa State. And a week from Saturday will go a long way. Now win the games you're supposed to for both schools. Um, and let's get to that point with everything on the line on Saturday in Manhattan. Ooh, baby. So from the Big Twelve back to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to help me here. I was able to get home in time to the second half of Kansas, Kansas State, and watch that one, but Help me out. Illinois? Took it to him from the very get-go, Trent. Uh, um, I want to get the turnovers right. Winston had 10 turnovers, I want to say, in the first half alone. What? No, 7 in the first half, 10 in the first 29 minutes. What did he finish up with? Oh, they took one away from him. Because the box score says he had 9. Now, the guys that did the game last night, and by the way, where are you on Dan Dockage? Uh, I think he's brilliant. He... The thing that I don't like about him... Is it a Big Ten thing? Because he went to a Big Ten school and you're a fan of a Big Ten school. Does that play in? Not necessarily. Okay. It will then be I'll... annoying, though, because he has the call for he Iowa, does. Indiana. Yes, he and, does. And, and that's you know probably, his Hoosier love. I know. That's probably unfair. I agree with you. I do really enjoy they him. They shouldn't assign him to Indiana games. Yes. Mm-hmm. I enjoy him doing a Michigan State-Illinois mm-hmm. game. He was I, great. I do. Him and Dave Fleming had the call last night. and Dave Fleming's a rising star in the company. The thing that bothers me about him... As long as he doesn't send out company secrets. Right. Anybody. Yeah. And, and Verk. Ooh. Ooh. I think yeah. you can ask Zubin about no, that today. No, I'm not. I don't do that with Zubin. Zubin's yeah. a pro, and I don't want to do that to Zubin. Because you know what? It could only hurt us with Zubin. Yes, absolutely. Why would we bring that up? Yeah. Our show is better with Zubin Mahente on every week. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm sorry. Uh, but with that, he makes it about himself. That, that's, that's Dockage the, does? Dockage makes it about himself. He inserts himself in the storyline. Okay. Yeah, he's Go, got an ego. There's, that comes clear, uh, through loud and clear. And he's very thin-skinned. 
It, well, that part, you know, I don't know enough about that. I've heard that. Um, I like them. You know what? It's different. And it's enjoyable. Yes. Can it be annoying? It can be. Okay. But it's better than the cookie cutter, mm-hmm. same old thing. It's something different. Yes. And he'll do two, three, four of your games at best in the course of a season. And a strap. And if you don't like it, you know what you do? Turn on the radio. Well, Flip on 1040 WHO. Listen to Dolph and Bobby. And, and Bobby I, got a lot of, I got a feeling a lot of people will tomorrow night. That's an 8 o'clock tip. It is. Yes. It follows. I looked earlier. Uh, it's, it's, uh, who does Penn State play tomorrow? It follows the Penn State game. Okay, there, there. It's uh, Penn State, Ohio State, maybe Buckeyes, Nits. Let's see. Yes, you got it. Buckeyes, Nits at six, and then on the on the mothership, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Indiana and I will follow. Um, we don't get Iowa State until Saturday, but we had a Monday, so uh, yep. we can't complain. Um, but, Drake but, last night? Did you watch? Any yeah, of that? I did. I watched. I watched. Um, not a lot of it. I watched it early. They got out to a nice lead, and then very quickly Loyola took it, uh, took uh, retook the lead, and just drew away. I was not watching at the the, the halftime length of the floor. <laughs> I mean, a, I saw it on Twitter. Keith, that was a Keith horn. Keith retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was over on the Big Ten tilt at that point. And and look at Michigan State Trent again. And t- Illinois credit in the game. They led the entire way. But here comes Sparty. And the run started, and they cut it to seven. And then they cut it to five. They would take the lead. And what are you thinking at that point? So, Uh-oh. You know, heck of a run. Boy, I wish these games were 30 minutes. Yes. But they're not. They're 40. To Illinois' credit, they survived the run. They retook the lead. I think it was a 9-0 run or something at that point. Made their free throws down the stretch. Court rush ensues. Illinois wins. Sparty loses again. Going back to what we saw a couple weeks ago when Iowa blew him off the building at Carver. One thing that I walked away with was how hard that team still was playing. <laughs> Defensively, for sure. Yes. Right? They, they guard you. They That was a team that very easily, I think going in, they had lost something like five out of six or something like that. Pull up the stakes. Mm-hmm. Tense up. It's mm-hmm. over. It seemed like it. But they've won three out of four. Yeah. They're, and they don't see Iowa again, correct? Right. You know what? That might be a good thing. That is a great thing. In fact, in that opening round of the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. and I say Iowa's the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. You don't want that 11 to be Illinois. No, 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 no. Not no, no. at all. No, no, Iowa no, has no, enough no. problems in the Big Ten tournament against bad teams. You don't want a team <laughs> coming in actually playing well yeah. out of the quote-unquote bad teams. I, I, I've been impressed by Underwood. He... he we go back to... Oh, and he looks the part, too. Navy yeah. slacks in the orange blazer with the orange <laughs> and navy tie. <laughs> it's uh, They're a fun team to watch. DeSunmo, you know, we, we talked uh-huh. about him and Taylor Horton uh-huh. Tucker not getting around. Yep. And, hey, credit to Iowa State for and getting him 20, to make his way to Ames. And he had 24 last night, DeSunmo did. He's good. Yes, he's really good. Uh, but look, at Iowa State's going to complain about what they got in the nope. uh, uh, in, in the deal. He's really, really good, uh, and a real and a reason, honestly, why this team has seemingly elevated its play in the last couple of weeks because Horton Tucker has got it going on without a doubt. So that was the early game, only to be followed by Kansas and K State, and K State jumped on them very early. The crowd's going bonkers. By the way, Stan Van Gundy and Chauncey Billups did the game last night. Yeah, um, it was terrific. Mm-hmm. It was really, really well done. It was great. You know, I like the crossover. Is that what they call them, crossover yep. rights? and we get it again tonight. Do we get it again tonight? Yep. Um, well, I'm watching, you know, the game I'm watching tonight is I want to watch Nebraska. You do. I want to watch it's Nebraska. It's over. I know it's over, but I want to watch it. I don't know why. You, you want to see, what, you hate Tim Miles? You want to no, see a guy fired? No, I don't see. No, 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 no. Well, no, I don't want that. Who's the, uh, 
what what time is that game? Is that six. is that a six? Yep. And then there's a big twelve tilt later on. Oh, the, you know what it is? It's seven o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Baylor and TCU play. Okay. Uh, Baylor, no Baylor and Texas. Baylor Texas. That, that makes sense because okay. they wouldn't put that no. Baylor TCU at the Longhorn. It's Network. Baylor Texas, so that's got my full attention tonight. Because Creighton's at Villanova tonight. I think mm-hmm. I might check into that. I want to see the Blue Jays? I yeah. haven't seen much of them. Mm-hmm. They very well could be. A team to keep an eye on come NCAA tournament. Well, and I've I've seen a lot of uh, Creighton in Des Moines stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, by the way, Shelby Master Bracketology is just going to join us tomorrow. Originally scheduled mm-hmm. to join us today, so he'll join us tomorrow, which is good after Wednesday's games, and then we'll get him back uh, going forward in his regular Tuesday swat spot as we had an abbreviated show yesterday. But back to uh, back to the open. Um, you know what, Matt Campbell to me has got enough goodwill in his bank account. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody that can dispute this point. I really don't. Even if you're a Hawkeye fan, uh, he's taking a chance here on this kid. This kid held a gun um, during, a, during a robbery where $13,000 was stolen by him and his, I don't know if there was one other or two others. I think that there was three people involved. And in Pennsylvania, if you're a juvenile and you commit the crime with a, quote, air quote, deadly weapon, which guns fall into that, uh, you can be tried as an adult. Well, there was a plea that allowed him to plead as a juvenile. He catches a huge break here. I hope that the young man has a support staff around him. Prior to Iowa State, no, since the, since the break he was given in life, and this is a massive break. I mean, he committed an armed robbery. He held the bag and he held the gun where his... The other guy that was in there with him was putting the money into the bag that Young is holding, according to Philly.com, the inquiry, the story that I'm reading uh, uh, right now. He's caught a huge break. I hope since the break that he caught before, up until this point where he became a cyclone, that he has had support staff around him drilling it into his head day after day after day, the break that he was given. Matt Campbell, to me, has enough, and I want to get your take on this, has enough goodwill in the bank that you give this kid a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the first, I mean, even the most minor thing that you would think would never, ever um, even make any radars, it's going to make a radar if there is anything. And if there is, the leash has got, leash has got to be so short. But I'm okay with giving this kid one more chance. Do I like the crime? Of course not. He caught a huge, huge break. Yes. A massive break. Being able to plead as a juvenile. Matt Campbell, kind of pressure's on. It, it is. And Ashim Young is the young man's name. Mm-hmm. He, like you said, was just short of 18 years old when it happened. Mm-hmm. His, during the trial, reading up on that, the... Now, what's a Wawa? This is what I don't understand. And maybe uh, I should have Googled. It's, it's like a convenience store. Is there a convenience store? Okay. Yep. Accused of robbing $13,600 from a Wawa. W-A-W-A. I've never heard of that His older word. brother apparently coerced him. That That's what his lawyers basically told the judge and jury on the case, that he was coerced into it by an older brother. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay. So the kid's not bright enough to think on his own. That's frightening. Well, and if your brother is a rough dude, well, yeah, older brother... I can get it. Regardless, he's coming to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Now, this, I think, is similar in some ways to Anthony Hubbard. So, so wait, uh, right? I want to get to Hubbard in a second. So, so let me go back to the older brother thing for a second. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the, that was obviously Young's de- de- defense? Yes. That, the, that yep. his brother talked him into it? it was, he was coerced by his brother. Maybe bullied. 
By his Did, was was his brother sentenced to? I would think, right? He wasn't. He didn't catch the break. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was older brother means he was obviously an adult at the time, right? Yeah, and I I don't see here if I mean it's all about basically the brother, the the safety going to Iowa mm-hmm. State. Ashim Young, there isn't much talk about his brother. Gotcha. Uh, that is in there. So the really the conversation is about him, but you as you said, you got to treat this with kid gloves, mm-hmm. and this is something that is going to be a big talking point. This is going to be a talking point, I'm sure, when Matt Campbell talks with his signing day press conference, Mm -hmm. when he talks in the spring, when he arrives on campus. All these different things are all going to be a conversation piece. Once grew up, he's gone. Right. And you get one of these. Mm -hmm. So you can't go to this well again if this doesn't work out. If this blows up in Matt Campbell's face... I was behind the eight ball. No, the pressure's on him, Trent. I agree with you. Look, it's not like they didn't do any due diligence. Of course. Clearly. Clearly. Because I don't think Campbell, no no program needs this. No program needs, you know, you to to, to do a kid a solid. And that's what you're doing here. So Hubbard for a second, because I remember that. And and again, I'm going to say this, that my take at the time on Hubbard was the same as it is today on Young. You know, short leash. um, There's been nothing in... That says uh, the coaching regime or the coaching staff doesn't deserve to give this kid this opportunity. So let's see where this one goes. Because help me out with Hubbard. Yeah. I don't remember the Hubbard era. Well, because he was in Iowa City for, I think, less than a month. That's what I thought, right? I mean, and it was over the summer, was it not? It was, yeah. He showed up for the summer. Yeah. I think they decided maybe he didn't play in the PTL. That was kind of a part of it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make him acclimated to everything. Didn't want to you know, put basketball on his plate and everybody to get to see him right away. So when they were doing, did, did something else come up, Trent? I don't think so. Okay. I think it was more... This isn't a fit? Reading deeper into it. It's not worth the headache. Mm-hmm. It's not worth the headlines that mm-hmm. come with it. It's not worth taking this kid to the Izzone and Assembly Hall and everything else (laughs) that's going to come with it. I I think that was a big part of it, too. Yeah. And what year was it? Do you remember? Uh, Let's see. I I was looking at, when we looked at this, a document article. I can see if I can find the date of this. Um, I don't see a date I'm pretty sure I was with Brinson at the time. 2012-ish? Yeah, somewhere around there. I would have been with Brinson at the time. Anyways, regardless. Uh, We'll take a timeout. Uh, Ashim Young, Matt Campbell... Uh, has offered you a scholarship. Uh, he's now a Cyclone. Take advantage of that, young man. I, I hope he does. hope it works out for all. Uh, Trent and I are here until noon. We've got uh, Alex Halstead on Iowa State uh, coming up. I know that Halstead, one of many, including Scott Dockerman, who you just mentioned, uh, spent some time yesterday with Matt Campbell. A lot of one-on-one time with Campbell. Birchie yeah. had one. Dylan Montz, who joins us twice weekly, had one. Alex Halstead, the athletic called on Scott Dockerman to get over to Ames, and he was there, and he wrote a great piece that was posted on Campbell in Iowa State yesterday at The Athletic. If you're not subscribing, gang, you're missing out, and we do not get paid to endorse The Athletic. Trent and I are just firm believers uh, in the media. We'll take a time out. We'll t- come back with Alex Halstead, Tom Cakert in 20 minutes, uh, Get David Kaplan in 11, Zubin follows, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Your home for Iowa State women's basketball is right here. This is head coach Bill Fenley on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon.
Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tom Cakert in 15 minutes, Right now, Dylan, Dylan, that's Friday. Alex is today. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert. He joins us. Alex, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Alex Halstead? I'm doing good. Here on National Signing Day, and I was just talking to Trent before we came on. It doesn't really feel like <laughs> National Signing Day anymore, but yep. I guess we still got to call it that. Yeah, I guess you do. That's an excellent point. It's not the same, right? I mean, the the intrigue, the fax machines, watching message boards as one recruit after another would come in. Uh, it's a lot quieter, and your day gets a lot easier today. So do you like it this way? I mean, is it good for business or no? Having two, I, I mean. Think, yeah, I actually think maybe it is good. I mean, yep. I think or at least the 24-7 sports, um, you know, CEO has kind of tweeted that it's been actually probably beneficial just because I think now people kind of are interested on two different days. I know there's not the intrigue today, but people are still going to the site and looking at the commit list and saying, hey, you know, even after they did it in December, they're kind of going back because today feels to them like National Signing Day. They're kind of going back and wanting to kind of relook at, at it. So I think it gives it it gives the recruiting a little bit more attention than maybe just one day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's mostly for the Blue Bloods now. Like, today you look and Georgia flipped a five-star receiver from Auburn and Alabama got somebody flipped to Miami. It's really <laughs> those schools who are, who are trying to close in on those four high-level four- and five-stars where schools like, you know, Iowa State and, and most other schools are trying to get their last piece or two in the class. Uh, Alex Halstead is our guest. Alex, I know that uh, you know you you guys at twenty four seven and rivals. They they take it uh, in advance. You guys have a pretty good idea with the school you cover. You know what's a need type of vary when you know what you know what the uh, the scholarship li- list is like in advance. Do you think Iowa State filled their needs? Look, they're they're going to obviously know better than anybody. But you guys take a good look at this. If you were to you know look at this class, even going back to. Uh, uh, to the to the first one, do you think Iowa State did what they needed to as far as filling those holes that maybe you thought were there? Yeah, I think this is probably their most balanced class. You know, obviously, I think uh, you know a staff from the beginning is always trying to project what they lose. And um, you know, I was talking to Matt Campbell yesterday, and he said, I think it was Matt Campbell, and he said, you know, they project you got to project even guys you might lose like Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery, which they projected well in advance so that they could go get the two three running backs that they got. Um, and so they typically project what they're going to lose and then try to fill those needs. And I think from that perspective, it's pretty balanced. You know, they obviously get a quarterback, which every school gets, but they go get three running backs. If you count Leonard Glass as a running back, they, they obviously lose David Montgomery and Mike Warren scholarship-wise. They went and got three, three wide receivers, um, you know, I think four or five defensive backs. So the class is pretty balanced. I think this is probably their most balanced class in four years under Matt Campbell. Um, and so that's what I think really stands out. And the other thing that stands out is, you know, I think like when they signed 20 guys in December, then they signed a, a 21st guy today, like 15 of those guys were committed probably by August. Mm. And so they got a lot of the guys they wanted early. And then from there, it's been kind of maybe a little bit more boring you know, to the diehard <laughs> recruiting fan. Well, a big conversation piece during this recruiting period has obviously been the recruitment of uh, safety from Pennsylvania, Sheem Young. We were talking about him a little bit earlier as a juvenile. He pled guilty to three counts, robbery, conspiracy, and possession of an instrument of crime, but as a juvenile as opposed to as an adult. Was on his way to West Virginia, then the coaching change there happened. Tell us a little bit about Ashim Young, the player, and then the other side of the coin, what's happened in his background, how difficult maybe this is for Matt Campbell to to take a chance. Yeah, so I guess the first point is, like you mentioned, he, he was a very, very highly regarded player in the 2000s. 18 recruiting class uh, at one point a top 247 guy 
I think basically a consensus, you know, top 250 guy across the industry, a kid that was committed to Penn State actually in 2018, had offers from Clemson and Alabama, mm-hmm. all those you know schools, just a, a highly regarded safety out of Philadelphia. Um, you know, there was the, there was the the legal issues that he ended up not um, signing with Penn State, like you said. In this class, Dana Holgerson was going to take him back in December. I think he was even going to maybe enroll in December at West Virginia. Then Dana Holgerson leaves and goes to Houston. And so that kind of fell apart because there's a new coaching staff and all that. But the connection really to Iowa State has been Matt Capone. Iowa State added defensive assistant Matt Capone almost a month ago now. He's recruited Pennsylvania heavily. That's who was partially recruiting him to Dana Holgerson's staff at West Virginia. Interesting. So that's really what Iowa State's in was. That's their connection. And that's why he ends up here. Now, Iowa State obviously knows a lot about Ashim Young because of Capone's background and his, mm-hmm. you know, he was going to take him at West Virginia. They feel comfortable with what's transpired in the last year. And um, they think, you know, basically off of all their vetting, talking to his coaches and, um, you know, people around Philadelphia and that sort of thing, that, you know, he's learned a lesson and, and that, you know, they – he deserves a second chance, obviously. Yeah, the Capone angle, that's a very interesting point. Uh, I was not aware of the connection between those two. Makes sense. Do you know who Iowa State had to beat for him this time? Well, I think, you know... It, I mean, obviously I, West Virginia was probably... Or maybe they weren't. Uh, help me out. Yeah, it was mostly West Virginia from everything I heard. Okay. Um, you know, I think there, there were Penn State fans tweeting out that, that they wanted James Franklin to give him a second chance. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Penn State had already moved on, but... I think his recruitment was pretty quiet here towards the end. I don't think a lot of people knew what he was going to do because there was a point in December where he was probably going to end up at West Virginia. Gotcha. Uh, we're talking to Alex Halstead. Well, you mentioned, Alex, your conversation yesterday with Matt Campbell. Um, you know, give me you know, one or two of the takeaways from uh, your sit-down with, uh, with Coach Campbell yesterday. Well, the, the standout item to me, um, and I don't know how much of interest it is to other people, but I, I was kind of taken aback by it, but I – you know, obviously asked about replacing different guys, whether it's Keem Butler or David Montgomery, but I also asked about replacing Willie Harvey. You know, you look at the three yeah. linebackers last year, all three of those guys, Marcel Spears, Mike Rose, Willie Harvey, all started all 13 games. And so I asked about, you know, how do they replace Willie Harvey? And uh, he mentioned, you know, the, the names like Orion Vance, Dave Hummel could get opportunities, um, you know, a true fresh or a redshirt freshman, or I guess it will be a, a redshirt freshman next year. Chandler Pulvermacher, who played in four games as a true freshman last year, on special teams, but then he mentioned Will McDonald. Obviously, we've talked about Will McDonald as a defensive end, had a strip sack in his mm-hmm. first play against TCU. Um, they, Matt Campbell said he thinks he's the best pure athlete on the team, maybe. Uh, he'll be a redshirt freshman next year. He thinks he can play any of the three linebacker spots or defensive end. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if Will McDonald, maybe they try to get him on the field at linebacker instead of defensive end. So that stood out to me. Um, and then the other thing I think was just – you know, what the wrinkle he thinks Tom Manning brings back, you know, spent a year in the NFL. He thinks that there's some new ideas that he's going to bring back, um, particularly with the tight ends because of their usage of all-pro uh, Eric Ebron last year at the, with the Colts. So, Alex, a little bit different. You're not going to get a signing day since he had an opportunity to talk with Campbell yesterday. You know, the signing day press conference that we've grown accustomed to throughout the years. But they are having the, the fan event tonight. So you said you're going to stop out there and maybe get a couple of quotes from people. And tell us about that event that Iowa State puts on. Really cool idea to get the fans involved. Yeah, I think they've done it every year now under Matt Campbell. So this would be the fourth year. And um, I want to say it goes 530 to 730 at the Suka Club. I think initially it was kind of a way to get people to be able to see the Suka Benzo Club that normally can't because you can only get in there if you have tickets. But it's also transpired into, you know, they bring up Beach Coach, 
um, from every position to talk about players that they signed. And um, tonight, it, it's looking like Iverson's probably done for the day, barring a late surprise. So they'll sign uh, 21 members and, and talk about those 21 members of this 2019 class. But as we talked about last week, this class looks like it's done right now with 21. Uh, but I think they could add two transfers at least by the time they're done. So yes, this class is probably done, but you know, transfers are starting to kind of count towards that. And and so the recruiting still goes on probably for several more weeks. And wasn't there a receiver from the state of Florida that was getting some attention? A transfer? Yeah, so I would, yeah, I would say it's really after three transfer names that stand out right now. There's They want a receiver. There's two receivers. It's Lawrence Cager from Miami. He's visited Iowa State last weekend, visited Georgia, or visited Iowa State two weekends ago, was at Georgia this last weekend. But Georgia just got a five-star receiver, so that could affect that recruitment. And then uh, uh, Michael Petway from Arkansas was at Iowa State this past weekend. Iowa State would like to get one of those two to help you know, fill the void of the King Butler. And then uh, Cameron Watkins from Illinois is a cornerback. Um, they'd like to bring in a veteran corner just because they lose Brian Peavy and DeAndre Payne. So he's already visited, he told me, two weeks ago as well. Went to Vanderbilt last week, and his recruitment could go till March. So if I was to get one receiver, one corner on the, on the transfer market, uh, I think they'll like how the roster shapes up between those transfers in this 21-member class. Phil, finishing up, Alex, with a little basketball for you. Nice win against Oklahoma on the road. TCU on deck next, another home game and certainly a very winnable home game against a TCU team that has lost a couple in a row, certainly not played their best basketball, and uh, they had the loss to Jalen Fisher, who has left the program. Tell us a little bit, though, your thoughts on TCU, and certainly a game Iowa State will be a big favorite. Yeah, a, a big favorite. I think, um, you know, when you look at most of the metrics, Ken Palmer, ESPN, Steve Guy, it's one of the games where they're one of the heavier favorites of their, of their remaining games. They've always got four more home games, four more road games. The bigger thing for Iowa State, they can't look past in here. It's a game you have to win because you, you go to eight and three. You have a bye week next week, and then you go to Kansas State. So if if they win Saturday at home, take care of TCU. They're eight and three going into Kansas State, which after what Kansas State did to Kansas last night, is setting up to potentially be a, a conference type shifting game yep. next Saturday. But they've got to take care of TCU to get to that point. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of Twenty Four Seven Sports. Alex, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, Alex Halstead. On the Cyclones, Tom Cakert on the Hawkeyes next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tom Cakert, com momentarily. Some business before that. It's time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword RUN to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's RUN to 200-200. Message and data rate supply. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com, joins us on February signing period. Kind of a ho-hummer, Tom Cakert. Not what it used to be, is it? It's not. It's the, you know, in year two of the early signing period, it's pretty clear that um, the December signing period is taken over. And um, and guys just didn't wait, and I think we all knew that. And I think a lot of coaches probably thought, well, there's still some uncovered gems out there, and that's really not the case. It was, uh, you know, it's almost like college basketball, except you have a few more guys, higher-end guys, I think, that that hang out until the spring to see how the coaching carousel spins. But uh, in college football, those, almost all the guys signed early, and um, and 
as a result, you see a lot of guys that really got recruited pretty heavily that probably um, wouldn't have gotten recruited mm. very heavily if it was a traditional signing period. Mm. If there was a time the rivals was going to crash, it was today, right? Signing day back in the day <laughs> always made you guys a little bit nervous, I'm thinking. But will, will you see an uptick in, in, in hits today, Tom, or is it just like any other day almost? I, you know, I think it's been a little bit of an uptick, but uh, the normal just because there's some attention. But uh, boy, we saw a real spike this year um, in the December period, where last year I don't think people quite realized what was going on. Uh, this year, I think everybody kind of realized what was going on uh, from a fan perspective. So I just don't think I, I think people check in today just to see if anything happened. But I, you know, I, I think. From here on out, we've got a real focus on the December signing period. And then after that, it's transfer portal time. Baby. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's where it's all at. Indeed. Ah, the lovely transfer portal. Well, there is one name that I was still waiting on. Dejir McCall, a kid from down in Florida, defensive end prospect. He looked like he was on his way to either Army or Navy. Iowa got involved very late with him. What can you tell us on McCall? I know Blair Sanderson doing a lot of work. And one thing that I read Blair saying, one of the more impressive kids that he's talked to when he got his recruiting update. Yeah, well, Army and Navy don't take uh, take trouble yeah. kids. They just they're they're taking uh, mm-hmm. good kids, and uh, you know, and, and I've often said that when you sign up for Iowa football, it's like signing up for the uh, the Army anyway. So um, <laughs> it, it's uh, uh, so from that perspective, I think he's a good fit, and I suspect that he's going to be signing with the. Uh, with the Hawkeyes here in, uh, you know, another hour or so. Uh, he's supposed to sign uh, early afternoon. So uh, I, I suspect that the Hawkeyes are going to pick up uh, an athletic defensive end who can develop, and they, they've got to restock that position. So um, so hopefully they'll, they'll get him on board, and uh, that's going to be it for right now, I think, in terms of the, the prep side of things. You mentioned the transfer portal. What are uh, some names out there? No, there is a defensive tackle from Rice. Looks like he's going to stay closer to home, though, down in Texas. What can you tell us about some trans- transfers that they're looking at? Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's there's a, a couple of kids. Uh, one guy to watch, uh, and th- this will have fun for uh, a fun Dolph name, Zach Van Valkenberg, oh. uh, who is uh, from Hillsdale college a d2 school and uh and he is uh there's a real possibility that they're gonna um take him on he's a dnd tackle would be give him some depth uh so he'd be a, a graduate transfer uh potentially coming in uh they've been involved with mike dana who is a, a defensive end from central michigan uh another defensive end jalen bates from arizona state uh but um, I'm just not, I, I, yeah, I think Dana is getting recruited pretty heavily by Michigan and he's a Detroit kid. So I, I kind of wonder if he's going to end up there. Uh, Bates is going to be really heavily recruited as well. So, um, but just keep, keep an eye on Zach Van Valkenburg from Hillsdale College. Uh, Tom Caker at Hawkeye Report is, uh, is our guest. And of course, the kicker from Arizona State is already signed, correct? Is he a hawk? Yeah, he yeah he signed today, um, and he's another graduate transfer. Uh, Michael Sleep Duncan or, or uh, Dalton, who's uh, uh, 
for that starting punting job. Uh, that uh, so Iowa. I I, I want to look around and see if I can find this out. If I was the only school in the country with uh, two scholarship punters. Oof. Yeah, not a good place to be. Well, a good place to be. Not a good place to be when you've only got 85 of those. Yeah, and and well, it, maybe it'd be different if these punters were going on and they were averaging 45 yards a punt. You could maybe handle that, but when they've struggled like Iowa, goes in a different direction. Let's go in a different direction, Tom, over to some basketball. Indiana up next tomorrow night on the road, Assembly Hall, difficult venue, and an Indiana team coming off an upset win themselves on the road at Michigan State. How different is this game after what you saw the Hoosiers do last week? How different of a game is it for you with the Hawkeyes going in there? Yeah, it's it's really different uh, because Indiana looked like that team that started out the season twelve and two and creeped into the you know top twenty five and in most of the polls and had you know really pounded a, a pretty good Marquette team in Assembly Hall and also beat a, you know, what's turned out to be a very good Louisville team mm-hmm. uh, under Chris Mack. Uh, they also beat them at Assembly Hall. And you don't go into East Lansing uh, and when Michigan State is a puzzler right now. They sure are. Uh, and it seems like Izzo's having uh, some uh, some issues with uh, guys like Nick Ward uh, right now. And ever since they announced that uh, Langford was done for the year, that team's kind of just spiraled a little bit so um but maybe Izzo has us right where he wants us uh he's just going to come back with a vengeance now but uh indiana's gotten healthy i think that's the big thing uh or got a guy back from suspension in green uh who was suspended for three games get davis back the big kid uh get him back uh and yeah he's a low tom i agree with you davis is a low he's just yeah because they were kind of a one-man post team with Juwan Morgan. Yep. And now with uh, Deron Davis back, that gives him another big guy who can score and it opens up the floor a little bit more for Romeo Langford and and uh, Tennessee and guys like that. And uh, the Indiana might be on the rise a little bit here mm-hmm. in the second half of the Big Ten season. Uh, uh, so this is a huge game for them because they're kind of teetering on that bubble uh, before Michigan State. And now they could rise back up uh, up in the uh, NCAA uh, uh, ledger a little bit. Yeah, no doubt, Tom. Totally agree. This is massive for them tomorrow. What have you heard on Morgan? I mean, I I saw it. It it certainly didn't look like this guy's going to be back in a few days. Has there been an official announcement that you've heard? I haven't heard anything other than what what Archie Miller said the other day, that he practiced. Now, we don't know what practiced means. I mean, it could just mean he was there off to the side, just uh, you know, shooting a basketball around a little bit and not doing any contact drills. So we don't know. Um, now Tyler Cook is good friends with him, and I mm. and uh, and asked Tyler yesterday. Uh, they're both Missouri guys, so um, you know they they've kind of known each other for a while. And he said uh, he's been texting with Juwan, and he expects Juwan to play. So mm. I, I suspect that Morgan will be out there now. How effective he will be is another question. But um, they have him and they have Davis, even though Davis probably limited to you know, somewhere around 20 minutes in the game uh, just because he's not back fully conditioned. Um, you know, he won't be as effective after 20 minutes probably. But the, the, that still gives them a pretty formidable uh, post combination, uh, much like Iowa has with their trio of guys. 
Tom, just about a minute left here with you. Tyler Cook, you talked about him and his connection uh, to, to Morgan, but him at the next level. He came back for his junior season, felt like the plan was that this was going to be it for him. He's improved, no doubt, but maybe not improved that jumper enough to make a jump to the league. What do you think the plan is right now? Is it still, at the very least, test those waters for a second time and see where he is? Oh, absolutely. I, he's basically said that before. And, and why shouldn't a guy yeah, have yeah, things? They got rid of the rule that said if you do it a second time, then you got to leave and you're done. Uh, now you can test it as many times as you want. So why wouldn't he uh, put his name in, get the feedback? Um, I think there's probably a higher likelihood that he's going to try and stay in this time. But that's always going to de- be dependent on what those 30 teams think of you in the league. And if, you know, it only takes one team to love you. Uh, but, wait, I, you know, I look at some of those mock drafts so far, and I don't see his name on there very much. It might be a couple with with him late in the second round, but um, in the second round is kind of weird now because it's just guys who will accept like two-way contracts yep. and things like that. So it's uh, pretty different. No doubt. Um, Tom Caker, Tom, listen, the music's playing. Thank you yeah. for being flexible and coming on today. We'll talk to you a week from Friday. Thank you, Tom Caker. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Tom Caker. HawkeyeReport.com. Cappy next. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes him possible. Trent and I have another hour to go. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.